Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Ship show. Well, gold and oil are breaking out. The dollar is breaking down. Bonds continue to break down. And no one cares. Nobody is worried. The Dow was up today, although it finished closer to the lows. It was up a lot more earlier in the day, although the dollar was getting hammered even before the stock market opened. And they still bid it up. But the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000 all finished in the red. But the losses weren't that big. And it's based on the fact that nobody even understands what's going on or what it means. In fact, they actually got it bass backwards. Right? You actually have people who think that a weak dollar is good and that rising inflation is a sign of economic growth. And so there is nothing to worry about. First, let's look at what actually happened. Dollar index, that was, the, I'd say, the star of the day. Or not the star, because it, you know, it, it did horrible, so you wouldn't give the dollar a star. But it was down about one full percent. We closed at 89.25 on the dollar index. We cut through 90 like a hot knife through butter. I think the next stop is around a moving average at around 85. And we could be there pretty quickly. You know, I, I don't know what, there's not that much support beneath that. Maybe a little support at 80 again. But we are headed lower quickly on the dollar in fact, one of the things that helped the dollar fall today, although I think it would have fallen anyway, was uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin comments that he made today over at Davos. I guess he was interviewed and he talked about the dollar and he's trying to you know, encourage foreigners to invest in America. And so he said a weak dollar is good for America. It's good for business. We're open for business. So he said he welcomes the weak dollar. And this supposedly is supposed to make foreign investors feel better about investing in America. I mean, you're basically telling foreign investors, if you invest in America, you're going to lose, right? Because you're going to lose on the foreign exchange. I mean, obviously my clients know what that feels because we, my clients were investing in foreign stocks during years where foreign currencies were falling, right? So on paper, our accounts were going down. Well, anybody who invests in the U.S. today, they're going to see losses even bigger. The dollar is going to fall even more. 
So right now, if the dollar is weak, the last thing you want to do is invest in the United States. You want to invest outside the United States. You want to invest in the markets where the currencies are strong, right? People made good money investing in the U.S. stock market during the years where the dollar was strong. They're going to get killed if they sign into the U.S. stock market now. But of course, what's even worse than investing in the U.S. stock market when you have a weak dollar is investing in the U.S. bond market. Because at least the stocks could go up, right? And that's going to offset your currency loss if the stocks go up enough. So let's say the dollar drops 15% this year and the U.S. stock market goes up 20%. Well, you still eked out a 5% return. But let's say you buy 10-year treasuries yielding 3% and don't even yield that. Well, if the dollar goes down 15%, if you didn't hedge, you lost 12%. And if you hedged, you still lost money because the hedge is going to cost you more than the 3% yield given the direction of the dollar. So basically what the Treasury Secretary was doing by basically saying we have a weak dollar policy was telling everybody around the world, do not buy our bonds. Well, he's the guy that's supposed to be selling those bonds. Didn't he not get that memo? I mean, that's why we had a strong dollar policy under Robert Rubin, right? We were selling a lot of bonds. So we had to tell all the people buying those bonds that we have a strong dollar policy. Even though we didn't actually have one, I mean, we just talked about it. Remember in my book, Crash Proof, I wrote about the, uh, the strong dollar policy and I kind of compared it to the Loch Ness Monster because I said everybody talks about it, but no one's actually seen it because we really didn't have a strong dollar policy. One of the other analogies I used, I said, what if a student has a straight A policy? That's his policy. I got a straight A policy. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you do? Well, I cut class. I don't do my homework and I smoke pot all day. All right. Well, that's what you do. Do you think he's going to have straight A's just because he's got a policy? The policy doesn't matter. It's what he's actually doing. So we had a strong dollar policy, but we kept running big deficits and printing a lot of money and keeping interest rates artificially low. Well, when you do that, you're going to get a weak dollar, regardless of your policy. But here's the thing that people have to understand. When Robert Rubin was talking about the strong dollar policy, the dollar index went from 120 down to 70. Now we've got a weak dollar policy. Well, if the dollar index lost that much value under a strong dollar policy, imagine how much more value it is going to lose with a weak dollar policy. Now, of course, pretty soon we won't have to imagine that. We are going to experience that. But this is not good. This is not welcoming news. But the markets, you know, they think, oh, it's good for our exporters. It's good for our earnings. It's not. This is going to be an unmitigated disaster, especially since it means that bond prices have to keep falling. And that's the other thing that nobody is worried about. They're not worried about the weak dollar. They're not worried about the weak bonds. In fact, most people think that if bond yields are rising, the dollar should be strengthening because people should want to buy our bonds to get the higher yields. But they just don't get it. The yields aren't high enough to offset the losses uh, in the foreign exchange. The fact that the dollar and bonds are falling together is a very, very bad sign that everybody is ignoring. Now, I think they ignore it because they think, well, you know, rates are going up because we're going to get all this economic growth. Well, what if they're just going up because we're going to get more inflation? People just don't want the dollar. But even if it was the result of growth, we won't have the growth if we have higher interest rates because we owe too much money. The debt is much too big for us to have a growing economy that's burdened by all this debt. Now, maybe people just believe that, well, rates are going up, but they're going to stop. Right? They will never get over 3% in the 10-year. Why not? What's going to stop it? If the dollar is tanking, right, if inflation is coming back, what's going to keep bond yields at these ridiculously low levels? I mean, why shouldn't they at least go back to normal? But they shouldn't stop at normal. We have an abnormal amount of debt. The more debt you have, the more expensive it is to borrow. 
because the riskier the debt is for your creditors to hold. But nobody is worried about the possibility that interest rates could rise much more than everybody thinks. Now, maybe people have said, well, the Fed won't let rates go up. Well, how are they going to stop it? Just print dollars, then the dollar crashes. Then the dollar index is going to fall much further than it's falling out. In fact, look at the move today in the Chinese yuan. I've been talking about this. Big move down today in yuan. Three quarters of 1% move down in one day, which for you know a normal currency, that's not that big a move. Like the euro or you know the Aussie dollar. I mean, you see those moves. But this is rare to see the yuan move that much in one day. We're now at 6.3575. Um, we're going to crash in the dollar yuan. I mean, our biggest trading partner, the biggest holder of our currency, bonds are being you know, killed. And we're telling them, prepare to lose a lot of money because we like a weak dollar. We have a weak dollar policy. And so if you own our treasuries, you're going to get killed. Oh, and by the way, the Fed is still pretending that it's going to sell treasuries too while we have a weak dollar policy. You would have to be an idiot to buy treasuries or be a bigger idiot not to sell the treasuries that you already own, especially if you own a lot of them. So this collapse... Is, is getting started. No one's worried. Look at oil prices. Now over $66 a barrel, up a buck and a half today at 66 as I speak. No one's worried. No one's worried. We're going to 80, then we're going to 100. How is the economy going to handle very high oil prices, very high interest rates, all this debt? It doesn't make any sense. But you know, one of the things that probably makes me the most bullish is that no reporters are calling me. Nobody wants to talk to me. CNBC doesn't call. They don't want to book me. You know, Fox Business, uh, you know, none of these networks. I am probably, and not maybe probably, I am the most well-known dollar bear and gold bull that has been on CNBC in the last 10 years, maybe ever in the history of the network. And of course, that's not saying much because there's not many, you know, dollar bears and gold bulls that, that, that come on CNBC. But they certainly know who I am. I haven't changed my phone number. They, they got my email address. The dollar is tanking. Gold is soaring. All these forecasts that I've been making or that I used to make are now starting to come true. And nobody cares. This is the greatest sign that this is going to continue. We're not even coming close to a correction yet. right? There's, there's nothing that would lead me to believe that we're even going to see a pullback. We're just going to keep accelerating in these moves until somebody actually notices it. And thinks it's a bad thing. Thinks that maybe there is something to worry about. And again, maybe it's because I've been warning about this for so long. That's why they don't care what I have to say. Because, oh, well, they've been saying the same thing for years. Exactly. And I've been right for years. And now the markets are going to validate that. Now, I was looking. Somebody wrote an article. It was posted on Zero Hedge where they included quotes and a link to my uh, Alex Jones uh, interview which I mentioned on this podcast, it's now up on my YouTube channel because, you know, Alex was so bullish on the market, on the economy. And I said, it's a great contrarian indicator that he's that he's taken this bait and is, you know, so blindly, you know, following Trump as if everything is great simply because, you know, Trump is president. And again, not looking at what he's actually doing. But I looked at the comments. A lot of people were commenting and most of the comments were negative about, you know, how how bad my track record is. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been saying the same thing over and over again for the past, you know, since 2008. And I haven't gotten anything right, which is a common perception that I, I haven't gotten anything right since 2008. Well, the people who think that don't actually follow me. They don't actually listen to my podcasts. They have no idea how much stuff I have gotten right. Now, I haven't gotten everything right. I've gotten a lot of stuff right. And in fact, most of the stuff that has happened has simply validated my overall belief 
in the long-term macro thesis of a dollar collapse, of, of soaring long-term interest rates, of stagflation, potentially hyperinflation, all the things that I think are the end game, everything that's been coming has been validating it, right? Yet people still have the perception, well, don't listen to him because he's been warning about it for so long that he's just a stop clock. Or I see comments where they say, look, if you invested money with Peter Schiff 10 years ago, you're broke, right? I mean, that's a common knowledge. If you invested with me, you're broke. Nobody who followed my advice is broke, right? I mean, I didn't buy on margin. I didn't short anything. I didn't use options. So people aren't broke. Yes, if people started following my advice five or 10 years ago, right, right, you know, they would have been better off had they just bought the S&P 500, right? They would have been better off. Now, had they started following my advice 20 years ago, they, they'd be better off being with me. See, it, it depends on really when you started following me as to whether or not you'd be better off or worse off uh, in these big macro cycles. But, you know, a lot of people started following me because they read my books and, and, and they started seeing me on television. So a lot of people joined at a bad time. You know, in hindsight, they could have just put their money in the S&P 500, right? Now, ideally, right, the best thing that you could do is just sign up with me now or maybe, you know, join me last year or the year before, right? And that would have been perfect, right? To start with me in uh, December, in January of 2016 or at any point during that year or in 2017 or even now, right? Because then you could have stayed in the U.S. market and rode that bubble and then got out before it popped and then load up on foreign stocks and gold stocks and, you know, sold your dollar. Yeah, I mean, that would be perfect and ideal. But we're not living in an ideal world. And here is the reality. Nobody is opening up accounts with me, although not nobody. I mean, we're still opening new accounts. But let's say last year. Last year was a record low as far as the new accounts that we were opening, right? Far more people closed accounts last year than opened accounts, right? I lost assets under management. Even though my assets under management went up because they were going up because of the market, I was having net outflows out of my funds, out of my managed accounts, out of my brokerage accounts. So here's the reality. Not that many people are going to do that, right? I think that most of the people who started following my advice four or five years ago, six, even 10 years ago, had they not started following me way back then and had they stayed in the U.S. stock market, they would not be following me now. They, were, they would be going down with the ship. They would be about to get wiped out with everybody else. The only people who are probably going to have accounts with me are the people who started early and waited it out. Because nope, you know, not a lot of people are getting on now. It's going to be too late. So in the long run, it's going to be worth the wait. So yes, I think if you, if you start with me five years ago, and as of this moment, right, you would have been better off had you been in the U.S. stock market. There's no question in my mind that five years from now, right, over that entire 10 years, you're much better off having been with me for 10 years than having been in the U.S. stock market for 10 years. And that might even be true in one year. It could even be that a year from now, that I'll, I'll still beat the U.S. market over the last six years. There is so much explosive potential in this portfolio because of what's going to happen to the dollar, what's going to happen to commodities, what's going to ultimately happen to the U.S. stock market. Because the U.S. stock market is going to stop going up and start going down, right? It has to because higher inflation, higher interest rates are going to weaken the economy. They're going to undermine corporate earnings. This whole euphoric rise is going to end with a crash. It has to. And then it's going to, it's going to usher in a bigger crash in the dollar because we know what the Fed is going to do. When the market is going into recession, when the stock market is tanking, they are going to reverse course. 
And, you know, people now think the Fed is going to hike rates four times now this year instead of three. And the dollar is falling anyway. Gold is rising anyway. Imagine what happens when the Fed has to say, uh-oh, we're actually going to start cutting rates. Now they have to price out all the hikes and start pricing in the cuts. When they say, oh, you know, we're not going to shrink our balance sheet. We're going to blow it up even bigger, right, which is what they're going to have to do in the next recession. In fact, I was reading these articles now about how the Fed wants to make quantitative easing just a permanent tool in its monetary policy toolkit. It's letting everybody know that though it was an emergency in 2008 and they used it because it was an emergency, now it's just an everyday tool that they're going to use every time we have a downturn. And the reason is because they know they're never going to get interest rates, short rates high enough to be able to have any stimulus by lowering them. So the only thing they'll be able to do is QE. But that is going to be the end, right? That is going to be the nail, the final nail in the dollar's coffin. That's when all of these moves are going to accelerate, right? And then you're going to see uh, a crisis. But between now and then, and this is the key, when are people going to feel that rising interest rates, a weak dollar, strong uh, commodity prices, when are people going to start to think that this represents a problem? Because see, that's what happened in 1987. People didn't think it was a problem until the market crashed when people all of a sudden said, hey, maybe this is a problem. Because way do people also see what's going to happen to the trade deficits? We're going to get a trade deficit number, I think, on Thursday. And then we're going to get the final look on the Q4 GDP on Friday. But that trade deficit, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another big jump in the trade deficit, which is going to you know, take something off the GDP. But with the trade deficits going up, the budget deficits going up, and the Secretary of the Treasury telling the world we have a weak dollar policy, that we welcome a weak dollar, I mean, that is the last thing you want to hear, right, if you're thinking about buying treasuries or if you already own treasuries and the Secretary of the Treasury is telling you you're about to lose money, yeah, you've got these 10-year treasuries yielding under 2% and we're welcoming a weak dollar, well, okay, then that's a sell signal. You welcome a weak dollar, I'm getting rid of these treasuries. Right? That's why I said the only buyer of treasuries is going to be the Federal Reserve. And that means the balance sheet has to go up. It can't shrink if they're going to be buying all these treasuries. And as I said before, it ain't just treasuries that they're going to be buying. They're going to be buying all the debt that anybody has to sell. Because if they're only buying treasuries and inflation is soaring because they're printing all this money to buy treasuries, well, if they're not buying muni bonds, then interest rates on muni bonds are going to skyrocket. And now all the municipalities are going to go into default. If they're not buying corporate bonds, then all the corporate yields are going to skyrocket and companies are going to default or they're going to have to spend all their earnings paying interest on their debt. They're not going to have anything left over for dividends if they even have any profits to begin with because the, the debt is so large. What's going to happen to the consumer market? All the Americans that are buying things based on borrowing money. I mean, if, if uh, interest rates are soaring, I believe all the consumer credit is going to completely dry up. Everything. Nobody will be able to borrow money to buy anything on consumption. It's going to be a cash economy, and Americans don't have cash, right? They don't have savings. A lot of them don't have jobs, and those who have jobs don't make a lot of money. So we are very, very close to this major, major crisis, and nobody is worried, right? Because nobody wants to call Peter Schiff, Dr. Doom, right, and say, hey, Peter, what do you, what, you, know, you know, hey, gold's going up, dollars going down. What, what, what's your take here? Which, which, why is this happening? Should we be worried about it? In fact, maybe they think that they do their audience a disservice by even having me on there because they think, well, you know, if we bring Peter Schiff on, somebody might be dumb enough to listen to him and they'll take their money out of the U.S. stock market and they'll miss out on all these great profits, right? We don't want Peter Schiff coming on and telling people to buy gold because we know what a lousy investment gold is, right? Now, they let me go on television and say that a few years ago, right? 
And for a while, it was a good investment. But now I think they've made an editorial policy to protect their viewers, you know, from from this particular view, even though this is the correct view. So, again, that's why this is all fake news. If you're going to learn about what's happening in the markets, if you're going to try to know what's going on in the economy, you got to listen to this podcast. Right. If you have any friends who are listening to the mainstream media, you got to turn them on to this podcast because they're not going to know what's going on. Like, this shit's about to get real. Right. We are going to go through some major, major stuff in the U.S. economy. Right. I mean, this like nothing we've ever seen. Right. The, the, the 2008 financial crisis was the dress rehearsal for this massive show that we're about to see. Now, at least, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got a good seat and I'm going to make a ton of money off of this. I mean, I mean, I know that. Right. I mean, I'm loaded up with gold stocks. I'm loaded up with energy stocks. I got I mean, I'm short bonds in my commodities account. I'm long foreign currencies. Those are smaller positions. My bigger positions are, in, again, in, in, in foreign equities and gold stocks. But I mean, and I'm margin and I'm leveraged. So, I mean, I, I'm ready to go. Right. I'm loaded for bear. And, you know, and, and the fact that this thing has taken a lot longer, it has enabled me to accumulate bigger positions. The same thing for my clients. I mean, people don't understand what an opportunity they had that everything didn't fall apart four or five years ago because they had four or five more years to earn more money and buy more foreign stocks to get more gold or get more gold stocks, right? This was a gift horse. Most people didn't understand it, right? Because they're just looking at the short-term value on their account statement. I'm saying it doesn't mean nothing. You've got to understand the end game because that's what we're playing for. We're playing to win. We're not playing to have a lead and then blow it, right? We're not the Atlanta Falcons. This is the, we're the New England Patriots, and we're going to win the Super Bowl of investing. And, you know, that's where we are. And so I'm very excited about where I am. I've been talking until people will stop listening to me, trying to get people to do the right thing. I know it's very hard. But I do know, and I, as I said, I don't feel badly that I got people to miss out on some U.S. stock market gains in 2014 and 2015 and uh, because I know that if I had left them, if they stay in the U.S. stock market, they never would have followed my advice. Right. They, they, they would have stayed with it and, and, and gone down with the Titanic. I got people in a lifeboat years too early. The frustrating part is last year and this year, so many people just couldn't take it anymore. That people were dancing and having so much fun on a Titanic that they had to get out of the lifeboat and they had to just you know jump on the ship, even though it was obvious that it hit the iceberg. See, this is a so frustrating part now about the people who are still closing their accounts and they're not looking at the last year or two and assuming that that is the new trend, right? They're still including those years when the dollar was going up and they don't look at, wait a minute, what happened last year? What's happening now? And just open up a chart and look at what's happening. There is nothing but air beneath the dollar, right? It could just sink like a rock. Look at that oil chart, look at the gold chart and think about what this implies, right? So I can understand why people were closing their accounts a couple years ago, right? Because I said there was no light at the end of the tunnel. We were at the lows. The dollar was at the highs. Everybody was excited. There, you know, I was just convincing people, look, just hold on. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. But they had to have faith. But now it's already turned. It's obvious. But I think one of the reasons, too, that the mainstream still doesn't get this, and why I say that I feel just the way I did, you know, in 2007, even though I had been warning about the housing bubble for a long time, it wasn't until 2007, until so many of my predictions started coming true. Now, the market hadn't collapsed yet. The housing market hadn't collapsed, right? I remember this one uh, show I did on Larry Kudlow on CNBC, where I was on the other guests. I used to argue with this guy a lot. 
And, and he said, Peter, you know, you've been coming on this program for a long time, warning about the housing market, warning about the subprime. And you know what? The subprime market has collapsed. All the skeletons are out of the closet. So nothing bad has happened. So when are you going to stop coming on television and start warning people because there's nothing to worry about? All this was a bunch of nonsense, right? And then, of course, what happened, right? Everything collapsed. But what, what the reason that I understood it was because I had understood the problem for a long time. And so when the early signs were finally there, I became you know, even more convinced that I was right, right? I mean, along the way, you start to think, hey, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe the other guys are right. Maybe I'm the crazy one. But by 2007, when so many pieces of my puzzle were now going into place, I was like, that's it. This is it. You know, I'm right, right, on, on, on what's going to happen to the economy and, and, and this financial crisis. That is how I feel now. Because enough of the stuff that I said was going to happen is now happening, just like then, that it just reinforces the fact that I've been right the whole time. But the people who, once again, are seeing these early warning signs, right, just like when they have the early warning signs, remember the Federal Reserve, oh, don't worry about subprime, it's contained. See, I knew it wasn't contained, unless you wanted to say it was contained to planet Earth. Uh, but I knew it was, it was everywhere because I had understood the problem from the beginning. So all of a sudden, you see the dollar going down, bonds going down, gold going up, oil going up, deficits going up. And the people who never worried about these things over the years and thought everything was great, see, they just dismiss it because they didn't understand all of this happening was part of my thesis, right? I knew all this stuff would happen. It's all part of the end game. It's all part of what's going to bring about the crisis. But again, mainstream Wall Street, all these guys over in Davos that are talking, Right? I mean, you're going to learn more about economics and the markets, listen to my podcast, than flying over to Davos, Switzerland. Right? But all these guys who are clueless, who were clueless back in 2008, 2007 when they, when they met, right? um, it's because they don't know that these are warning signs, because they don't know that there's a problem. They don't understand what's wrong with the economy. They, they weren't expecting these things to happen. And so when they happen, they rationalize them or justify them or just assume it's good, because all news is good news when you're in this bubble. But for me... These are the things that I have been waiting for. I remember, too, people would always ask me, what should we look for? Right? We, I know you're, you're, you're early and you're, you're warning us, but what should I look for in the market? And what I've always been telling people is watch for bonds and the dollar going down together and gold going up. I said that is going to be the beginning warning sign. When you start to see that relationship, decoupling of when bonds and the dollar both go down together, that shows you a loss of confidence. And you see oil prices going up and gold prices going up. Inflation is coming back. The dollar is going down. We're in trouble. But the people who don't understand these consequences, to them, they just dismiss it. But so there's enough information out there. And so, you know, I know the clients that left, you know, chances of them coming back in time are slim to none. Right. They're not going to come back. I remember there are some people that say, look, Peter, you know, I can always come back in a few years. And I said, you know what? You're not going to have enough money. You're going to be too broke in a few years to come back. So it's not even going to matter. But I think the people that are still here, the people that still have accounts, you know, you're there. You understand it. Look at your statements. Look, go online. See what's going on every day. Look at these charts and add money. I'm telling you, you know, I, the, the, my conviction is at the highest level it can possibly be. And look at the markets. Every day the price action is validating what I'm saying. The only thing that isn't happening yet is the U.S. stock market is going up. But who gives a damn when it's going up? Because it's a bunch of fools buying it who don't know what they're doing, right? And eventually it's going to come down and it doesn't even matter because the, the foreign markets with a tailwind, right? If the dollar is going down, there is no way the U.S. market is going to outperform the foreign markets. It's just not going to happen, not over the course of this year.
right? I mean, the U.S. got off to a pretty quick start in the first uh, few weeks of January, but the rest of the world is going to blow through it, especially my strategies. My strategies are going to kick into a whole new gear. So you have an account, you know, add to it. You know, if you've never had an account, it's not too late to open. It's a great time to open. As I said, the problem is not enough people are doing it because I don't have the exposure that I had, right? I'm not going on television. I don't have a new book out there. I mean, I have an audience, but these people have been listening to me to, for six, seven, eight years. I mean, most of the people who are going to buy, open up accounts with me already opened them up. And now some of them started to close because they got frustrated because it didn't happen quick enough. Well, it's happening now, right? And it's going to happen quick. This whole collapse is going to accelerate. Believe me, the bubble is going to deflate much quicker than it inflated, right? Once the air starts coming out, it's gushing out. So the, the window of opportunity is closed. Like this train is leaving this station, right? And it's an express train and it's going to, you know, massive profits as far as I'm concerned. But the problem is, is if you miss the train, right? If you're stuck at the, at, at the station, right? The problem is the platform is going to blow up, right? Because the platform is the U.S. dollar. So it's not like a typical investment train where if you miss it, you'll get another one. There is no another one. There is no second chance. You miss this train, you're done because the station's blowing up because you're standing on the dollar. The dollar collapses, it takes the bond market down, it takes the stock market down. So do more than just listen to the podcast, do something about it. Probably do another podcast on Friday because Friday we're gonna get the GDP numbers, we would've gotten the trade deficit. Who knows, based on the technicals, I mean, we could just get started. Remember the last time on my podcast, I said if we close above 1350, we could get the 1400 the next day, right? Let's see if that happens. Because this is a huge breakout. Silver was up better than 50 cents today. I remember I said that. My 15-year-old son uh, texted me or something and said, hey, Dad, you, know, you shouldn't make predictions like that because then if it doesn't come true, you know, it discredits you. I'm not saying – I didn't say it was going to happen for sure. I just said there was a chance it could because it's a significant level. I mean I think we could have a rush of buy. It doesn't mean it's a guarantee. But even if it doesn't jump $50 in one day, it's going to go up $50. It doesn't really matter if it takes three or four days or a whole week. It's going to get there. But at some point, and maybe the, maybe the breaking point is $1,400. do not know where it is. But there's going to be a rush of buying that's going to come in. And when that happens, again, Katie, by the door. Because who's going to sell? Nobody, right? There were plenty of people who were willing to sell a year or two ago. But once we have a breakout, once the entire investment thesis is being validated and it's obvious, we have a weak dollar policy, the dollar is tanking, commodities, oil going up, and gold all of a sudden starts to soar. It breaks out of all its downtrends. It breaks through all the moving averages. Who's going to sell? There's nobody to sell, but everyone's going to want to buy. So we're going to have a huge rush uh, before we get to any price level that would be high enough that some of the people who have held through this bear market would, would consider selling. So I mean, stay tuned. I mean, this is going to be quite a show, and it's, it's unfortunate that the mainstream media has no idea what they're covering. And after it all happens, right, it's going to be, well, I mean, nobody could have possibly predicted this. Where did, how did this possibly happen? How come nobody saw it coming? How come none of the experts saw it coming? I guess it's okay if, if all of our viewers lost all their money because, you know, there's nothing else they could have done because, they're, you know, no, they're, we, nobody could have known about this. I mean, so it's just some crazy thing that just somehow happened. And, you know, but we'll have, we'll have these same experts, these same central bankers, who didn't see this crisis coming, who didn't see the OA crisis, oh yeah, they'll fix it. They'll solve the problem, right? The same people that caused the problems and don't even recognize the problems, they're going to recognize that they're going to solve it. No. And as I said before, and I keep saying, the politics are so much worse than we had under Bush because everybody said, yep, Bush, Bush gave us this great economy, which ended up being a bubble, and that's what gave us eight years of Obama. 
So imagine what Trump is going to give us, because this is a much bigger bust. It's all going to be blamed on free market capitalism, tax cuts, corporations, Trump, Republicans. So if you thought Obama was bad, where do you see what's going to follow in 2021? Thank you.